if you have your Bibles with you, if you turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 6. Um, Isaiah chapter 6, and we'll read the first eight verses, and perhaps maybe we could stand when we're reading God's word. <clears throat> In the year King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. What a, what, what a prayer. Dear Lord, we just continue to pray for thy word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is a living word. And God, we just pray for that word, Lord. Lord, we pray that you Lord, penetrate it into each of our hearts and lives. And, O oh God, help us, Lord, in these days to be a band of men and women whose hearts God has touched, Lord. Lord, we just pray for real deep consciousness of thy presence amongst us, Lord. O oh God, we cry, Lord, for the weight of thy presence in this meeting. And, Lord, help us, Lord, to be carried. Lord, to be carried in the place of prayer. Lord, the need is great, Lord. But, Lord, we praise you, Lord, that, Lord, you are a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, God, we just praise you, Lord, and exalt the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Whenever I was very young, um, there was an elderly couple, and they were a very godly couple that lived just next door to us. And I believe 
that that elderly couple prayed for my parents, for my family and myself. And I believe in my heart they prayed for us every day. And just before my wife and I got saved, they were both they both passed on. You know, they never seen their prayers answered. And I've often thought just with Carl at the moment and just not so well. And I really appreciate you all praying for her. And, you know, it's, it's just been a long road for her. But she's, I believe she's going to get there. Amen. You know, but it's just it's a long, it's a trying road for her at the moment. But I've been thinking about Carl and myself and how we're met and all the things the Lord has, has done through us over the years. And I felt just, I've been sort of meditating a lot upon it just in recent days. And I want to sort of bring a part of that out as well as bring a word as well here tonight. And I'm going to start, uh, whenever I got my driving license, whenever I was 17. <laughs> I thought that was a good place. I thought that was a good place to start. <laughs> You know, whenever you get your driving license, you know, there's a certain amount of freedom. You know, you can just get into a car and you can just go wherever you like. And, you know, my parents, they never asked, you know, where I was going, especially at night. You know, it was just, you know, I could just jump into the car and go wherever I liked. And it didn't matter if I wasn't home to two or three o'clock in the morning. You know, it didn't really matter. You know, there was no questions asked. And, <clears throat> you know, whenever I just got my driving license, <clears throat> and obviously, you know, we went to places of entertainment and everything. <clears throat> and usually every Friday night, there was a, there was a, a ballroom in Bombridge, and they had a sort of a, a country and western band there every, every Friday night. And there was usually, you know, about three or four hundred young people. And usually that's where I ended up. And there was sometimes an hour fella, uh, he went to school with me, Jim, you called him. And pretty often he would have come with me. And that's where we would have ended up just every Friday night. And we probably went somewhere else some other night during the week. But... That, that went all right for, for some time. But there was this particular Friday afternoon. And I said, I'm not going to Bumbridge. I'm not going to go to the ballroom. I just, just something within me. And at that particular time, there was a, 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 a newspaper called the Drumore Leader. And you would have sort of went down, there was a page for entertainment. And I was looking for all the entertainment there was. And that particular time I was 18. And there was absolutely nothing. But there was one thing. There was no time dance on at Kaidoff. 
Well, I was 18, but I said to myself, I'll go. <laughs> and I went to this old time dance at Kaidoff. <clears throat> and I walked, I looked, I looked around. And I believe, like this, God was in this. And they, um, <clears throat> I looked around. And there wasn't hardly a person below 50 years of age. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a look around the hall and, and like there wasn't a young person. And then I was looking at my watch. I said to myself, would, if I, would I have time to go to Bambridge here? And just with that, I looked around again. And there was this beautiful young woman that was sitting down at the very bottom of the hall. And that was Carl. And that night, um, they, uh, I would have to say, for me, it was love at first sight. <laughs> they... Uh, <clears throat> And that was the beginning of our relationship, my wife and me. And, you know, it was often said it was a million to one chance that the two of us met because, you know, there was just something in me that I didn't want to go to Bonbridge that night to the ballroom. And there was just, there was nothing else to go to. And I went to this old-time dance <coughs> at Kaidoff. It happened to be in Carl's situation that her mum was got was she come with her dad, but at the last moment her mum couldn't couldn't go, and it ended up then Carl went and and her mother's place, and that's how she ended up at the old-time dance at Kaidoff. You know, it was a, it was a, as, as it were, it was a million to one chance. But you know, God was in it. You know, God was, God, God was in it. And uh, we, we, we developed a strong relationship between us. And then we, uh, I asked her to marry me, and she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> So they uh, <clears throat> we, we went and uh, arranged the wedding and all. And there's one thing remarkably happened. Um, we got a, 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 an enormous amount of wedding presents. But you know, there's one thing that was continually happen, happening. At that particular time, there was, there was known as these half sets of China. You know, and there was there was six cups and there were six saucers and there was there was plates and there was more plates and you know well they uh, people started and they started buying us these half sets of china and they it was a way into double figures the the sets of china that we had <laughs> Do you know I remember my mother s s saying. You know, but these, these people came 
and we really hadn't really much dealings with them or, you know, weren't expecting really a, a wedding present from them. And here, didn't they have a half set of china? <laughs> My mother said, your dad, he changed colour. <laughs> he couldn't believe. <laughs> you know, and they, the people must have just got an inspiration, you know. We must, we must, we're going to go through a lot of cups and a lot of soldiers. <laughs> so, <clears throat> then I come to the day of the wedding, what Carol had said before, she said, now, if it's raining, she says I'm not going. <laughs> they, they, uh, um, it had happened to be, it was, it was 1979 when we got married, but in 1977 and 78, there were two dry summers and there wasn't much rain. But then in 1979, there were, it, it, it just was making up for lost time <laughs> and it just rained and rained every day. But it, it just happened to be on, it was the 29th of August, uh, it was 1979 when we got married. And you know, on that particular day, there wasn't a single cloud in the sky. Do you know, it was the warmest day that year. It was, honestly. <laughs> there was this, we got a lot of uh, letters and telegrams. There was this farmer, and he, he referred this telegram to me. He says, Brian, he says you can sell your cattle and you can sell your sheep. But he says this little heifer, he says you'll have to keep. <laughs> so, you know, the uh, a relationship developed. And <laughs> we got married and, 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 and all. And, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, about five years later, you know, the Lord was really starting to strive and work in our hearts and lives. And they um, and were, were conscious, you know, there was a lot of people was praying for us. There was, a, there was this couple, had young couple had moved in and Carl had got very friendly with, it, with them and, and they were believers. And it was just, there was a lot of wee things was happening. And, you know, I believe really God was was working and striving in our hearts and lives. And <clears throat> we started going to a, a gospel mission and it was at the Car Baptist Church. And I went to that mission and Carl was expecting rest at the time, so she was only getting a nod night, but I was there I was there for every night. And I started getting under deeper and deeper conviction. And I got to the stage, I, I was like the jailer in Luke 16. I was shaking. I was under that much conviction. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep at night. I was afraid, I was afraid of dropping into hell. I was under that much conviction. And on, on the, on, I was really bad on the Sunday night. But on the Tuesday morning, Carl and I and went and the children went over 
to the Care Baptist Church and the evangelist that he was having a caravan outside the church. And at, at that day, um, it was the 19th of March, 1985, and that day we went and the evangelist Barry Johnson, he led the, both of us to the Lord that, 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 that Tuesday. Tuesday. Now, I just want to stop just there for a wee moment. And if you have your Bibles, I want to go. Th- I want to go through these verses. And Psalm one hundred three. And verses 11 and 12, Psalm 103, 11 and 12. For as the heaven is high above the earth, just imagine that, for as the heaven is as high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. And then it says here, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You know that day that I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and into my life? You know, that word says, as far as the east is from the west. You know, it can't be measured. If we turn over to Isaiah chapter 38, And verse 17. Isaiah 38 and 17. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. To think that God, he just, he just cast all our sins just, just behind, his, behind his back. Just behind his back. If you just turn over to Isaiah 43, and 25. 43 and 25. I, even I, am he that blotted out thy transgressions for thine own sake. And will remember, and will not remember thy sins. Now, I want us to look at this here. God's saying here, I will not remember thy sins. To think 
of the one that created all things, created everything. And still, whenever we come to Christ, he doesn't remember our sins because they're under the blood of Jesus. You know, it, it, it says, <clears throat> uh, in Second Chronicles, chapter 6, you don't have to turn to it. Second Chronicles, chapter 16 and verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. To think his eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth. And still, whenever we come to Christ, he doesn't remember our sins. It's not a mighty God that we serve. Um, if you turn to Isaiah 44 and 22, It says here, Isaiah 40, 44, 22, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. I want to think, I just go and illustrate it like this. If you could imagine on the May, on the 19th of March, 1985, and there's a great big massive thick cloud covering the whole of County Down, and my name was written all over it. You know what it's saying here? God, it's just, it's just blotted out in a moment. You know, whenever we'll come to Christ. Isn't that mighty? If we turn over to Micah, chapter 7. Now, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, and then Micah. If you get to, to Jonah, you're very close. And <laughs> um, the, uh, chapter 7 and verse 19. Micah 7, verse 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. The deepest sea and planet Earth is 6.8 mile. Imagine that. That's the deepest sea on the planet Earth. Is 6.8 mile. And you know, some, somewhere down there, Brian on its is just down there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> well then, they, um, 
And then it says, well, you don't have to turn to this one. It says in 1 John 1 and 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. Um, well, then they um, were got saved, praise the Lord, and we left that car park. And, you know, I went into a child of the devil, but I went out a child of God, redeemed, born again, my name written in heaven, and Karen's name was written in heaven too. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, they, uh, um, about a couple of years after that, we, we left the Presbyterian Church. We started going to the Cal Baptist Church. It just happened to be that just whenever we, we at that particular time, they were starting the work in St. Faith Baptist Church. So then there was a number of the people that was going to the Cal Baptist Church uh, left to start the work in St. Faith Baptist Church. And it just happened to be I joined the church that particular time at the car. And then I became a deacon in the car, just basically just near right away at that stage. So I was sort of involved in the work in the car quite heavily. And then they, um, um, a couple of years after that, uh, Noel Grant was having a mission over at Reformant Mission Hall. And the uh, car and I, we went pretty often nights about. And the uh, Carl especially, she felt that we needed to, to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And so we decided, right, we'll go. And the, uh, we, the <coughs> Noel Grant, he opened the scriptures and said, you know, you need that. That's as we're second touch. And uh, at that at that uh, mission, we uh, we we got him to pray for us. And he laid hands on us, and uh, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, just at that particular time, we um, we started prayer meetings in our own home, and we had two prayer meetings every week. What a prayer meeting on a Tuesday night. And then we had a prayer meeting on the Wednesday morning. Some people had just didn't sit on Tuesday night, and some people just didn't sit on the Wednesday. So we had two prayer meetings. And I have to say that, especially the Wednesday morning prayer meeting, it really took off. And the things that we saw happen, and people's lives, people that came, you know, they were seeing things happen. There was, there was, there was a move of God. And I, I'll just give you maybe, uh, there was my, my own dad. He was a very religious man. And they, um, and uh, he just, uh, he went to church, but at the same time, he was in the Masonic, and he was in the Orange Lodge. He was in the Ulster Unionist. He was in the Royal Black, and you know he was just caught up in all them things. 
And they, um, and we were praying for him in them prayer meetings that the Lord would work in his heart. And they, um, I took him one night to, to a mission in Lisbon and praise the Lord he stood behind and I got wonderfully saved. And he, he, at that stage he was 78 years of age and like I had a real burden for him because like um, he was um, he was in the the even tide, it was in spare time, like it was in the even tide of life, like. And you know, the Bible says, it says in Psalm 103, it says our, our, our life is, is like a flower, it says in Psalm 102, it's a shadow, it says in Psalm 90, it's a tale told, it says in Psalm 39, that our, our our, our life is, is just a handbreadth. It says also uh, about the Lord said it is it, nothing. It says also that it's a one familiar one. What is your life? It is but a vapor. And you know, we, we, they, whenever, whenever my wife and I got sanctified and followed the Holy Ghost, do you know, I, I, we got a burden for the loss that we never had before. And, you know, we were, the, the Lord really touched us. And, you know, my father got wonderfully saved and he, he went out of all, all those organizations. And, you know, he, he, he left a real testimony for God. He really did. That particular time, our Colin got saved as well. And there was just, there was just a move of God. Also, we had the bar, the we had a barn mission in 1888, and I was involved a lot. You know, Noel Grant had a number of missions. He had one here in Banhinch, in the CW Hall, and I remember there was 52 went through the inquiry room. I think it was a three or four week mission. There was a real, there was a movement of God at that particular time, and then he had he had a number of other missions, and. Uh, uh, around this barn and that, and it was a great experience for myself for going round doors and that kind of work. Also, at that time, were involved in Ravarnet Mission Hall, and they, uh, Karen and I both taught Sunday school at it. I became superintendent of the Sunday school, and then I got involved in the youth work as well, and. Uh, I think you need a medal to work at youth work. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but uh, <clears throat> praise the Lord. The Lord, the Lord really gave help, and and uh, the Lord blessed and 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 uh, really undertook. And then in um, um, in 1995. Um, there was a new pastor who come to the Cal Baptist Church. I didn't feel um, that my my problem was I believed in the in the the nine gifts of the Spirit, where the the, the Baptists don't, in a sense. So I just I felt because there was a new pastor and all. 
we felt it was time to move on. And also at that particular time, we had started the lifeboat in Lisbon, while in Barclay. And we had a Sunday night meeting there, and uh, Ashleen here went, went to tell it. And uh, they, um, uh, we, had, we had great times in the lifeboat in Lisbon. There was real consciousness of God. There was mighty prayer meetings. There was prayer meetings. We usually met on the Thursday night, and they would have went at 11, 12 o'clock, nearly only Thursday night. And then, they, um, I, because I was so much involved, actually, in Lisbon, in Lisbon as well, I stood down then from the superintendent of the Sunday school and the youth. There was another young girl. She had come on at Ravonet, and she took that all over. And then we, um, and Carl then, fancy she stood down as well, and we threw ourselves all into the lifeboat. And then um, about 2008, um, we, we got a sort of a, there was a word come from the Lord about, it was about the Shunammite woman and about the child had died. And we felt that was the word, it was a word, it was a word from God. And we'd really, in a sense at that time, we just didn't really understand it. But it seemed so real. And then just after that, we got the notice to tell to, to get out of the building. And they, um, so then we, uh, we got, went out of the building. And I'm going to go back. Go back wasting a wee minute here. But we went out of the bin and then we met for prayer in another wee hall. But we, we just never got away with it. And they, um, but they, uh, at, the, at that, before that, whenever we left the Cal Baptist Church, we went to, over to the moor to the Independent Methodist on a Sunday morning. And that's where Maynard was a was a pastor there. And that's how we got we become, as the man says, great friends. And uh, they we got to know Maynard really well. Well then and uh, it was May two thousand and eight I felt that there was a there was a, a, a this word help was coming up with me. And they uh, the word help, and it was for here, it was for Balhinch, it was for coming to Balhinch here. And uh, they, uh, I felt there was a cry for help. As it were, it was, it was a Macedonian call to Balhinch. And still, I never had sat foot in the Pentecostal church, but I knew that, that I was... I was I was to come here, and they, I remember it was May 2008, the first time that we come to uh, the hall up the road, and the pastor, he hasn't sacked me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
I want to get back to, to, to the passage of Scripture that we read in Isaiah um, chapter 6. And uh, <clears throat> it says here in verse 8, Isaiah chapter 6, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. If you look at this here, I'm going to look at it maybe and maybe in a different text. Think of a legacy that Isaiah left behind. You know, that word is still much alive today as the, as, as the day that he said that literally thousands of years ago. If you think of the legacy that hymn writers has, has left behind, like Fanny Crosby, and saying that great hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. What a foretaste of glory divine. You know, what a legacy that woman's left behind. We think of Isaac Watts and the, the hymn, When I Survey the Wonders Cross on which the Prince of Glory died. You know, what a legacy that man's left behind. You know, we could, we could number, we could name a, a number of other great hymn writers like Charles Wesley. Great hymns. <clears throat> we could think of great preachers like D.L. Moody, Leonard Ravenhill, Avon Roberts, W.P. Nicholson. You know, what a legacy them men they've left behind. I'm asking the question tonight, what sort of legacy are you going to leave behind? Are you going to leave behind a legacy that people can say, you know, they've run well? It says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 11, Hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. We read in Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10 about Demas <clears throat> hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. We read in First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19. 19, this is the great Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. Some having 
putting away concern and faith have mid shipwreck. And you know, we can think of ones that, you know, has mid shipwreck. But you know, we're here tonight. And you know, we need to pray. And we need to pray for our neighbors and our loved ones. You know, there, there's, I think of that old man and woman that prayed for us. And you know, they never seen their prayers answered, but do you know they were answered? Amen. They were answered. And you know, we need to continue to pray for our neighbors and our loved ones and our communities. Oh, that God would move supernaturally. Oh, that by mighty, that by mighty, that by mighty move of God. You know, Isaiah, he saw the Lord upon the throne. And you know, he saw the love of God that has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundaries. And out of his infinite riches, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. And you know, we are here and we're before an almighty God. And you know, we are, we're believing for, the, for God to move in a mighty way and among our loved ones, our communities. For all those that were mentioned tonight that are sick, oh, that God would heal them, that God would do a mighty work. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.